headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thank you for joining us, America. Merry Christmas to you. George Camel, Ramsey Personality, host of the podcast, The Fine Print, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Merry Christmas, America. We're glad you're here. Thanks for hanging out with us. Krista's with us in Charleston, South Carolina to start this hour. Hi, Krista. How are you? Hey, George. Hi, Dave. How are you? Better than we deserve. What's up? So I am four months away from getting married to the love of my life. And that means I am. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, That means I'm going to be, uh, quote unquote, adopting his debt. And I was originally planning on. Uh, using all of my money that I've saved up for my house um, to essentially pay off his debt when we get married. Mm-hmm. But um, I really don't know like how how to like start back at square one once I've wiped my mutual fund out. And um, when I talk to my financial advisor, they suggested, well, this was years ago, they suggested that I use my Roth IRA to save up for a house. And now I'm kind of torn because if I were to use my Roth IRA, I would lose like 250000 by the time I retire. So I'm very torn with what account I should use and if we should go month to month to pay off the debt or if we should wipe my mutual fund, pay off the debt, and then not touch the Roth. Okay, so how much is the total debt? Um, it's going to be about 20000 And then you have mutual funds outside of retirement that you can cash out? Correct. How much? And that's, that's going to be 21000 Perfect. Sounds like a match made in heaven. Now, what I what I hear from you is you're emotionally frustrated because it's kicking you back to what you called square one. You're going, I worked so hard to save up all this money, and now I got to throw it at this debt that it's is now you're marrying this loser, Krista. Gosh. That's the problem. <laughs> no. Is that the heart behind no. it though? Is the frustration? Because um, it's a it's a simple math <laughs> equation. You clear the debt, no. but now you've got a thousand dollars in the bank instead of twenty one, right? You have an emergency well, fund as well. I that is what I am working on currently. The answer is uh, no. A, Do you have one or yet not? I am. So I have. I have my thousand dollar month. Um, I paid off all my debt last month, and so I'm debt free. Mm-hmm. But now I'm working on step three, <laughs> and I should have that probably in a month or two. So okay. does, but does he really have does he have on, any money? Yes. How much money does he, he have? Cash. He probably has four thousand. Okay. Four or five thousand. Okay. And you're married four months from now, correct? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
So fast Correct. forward four months from now, you're married. We combine bank accounts. Once we're married, we pay off his debt. And by then you'll probably have most of your emergency fund plus his cash. And so you'll already be at baby step four by the time then, you guys are married. Then you start saving for a house. And no, you do not use your Roth IRA for a house down payment. And any financial advisor that tells you to do that needs their butt fired. Okay. So what's your what's so, your what's your income and what's his income? Um, well, with all of my side jobs that I'm hoping to stop soon, right now I'm at about 85,000. Um, my, like my regular work nine to five is about 55. What does he make? What does he make? He he makes 75,000. Okay. So you make $150,000 married four months from now. You have no debt and you have your emergency fund. You ought to be able to save very rapidly for a down payment on a house and buy a house in the fall. This fall? Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> what a blessing that is. Well, I mean, think here. about it. Think about I, it. You make $150,000. You got no payments. You can't save twenty-five dollars or $30,000 by fall? Of course you can. Yeah. The, yeah. Of course you okay. can. Don't go buy a new I car. Save up for a house. Oh no no no! Definitely no. Yeah. New cars, so if you're married in March, by October, you know you look six months further down. Six months, save up five grand each month. That's thirty grand right there. So it's a simple math equation. We didn't give you permission. We just did some napkin math to show you that it's possible if you do it this way. Yeah. Um. So our rent ends in October and. Um, I'm really stuck on that 20% down 15 year fix. Well, that would be nice to have the 20% down, but if you don't have, if you want to wait all spring, maybe you got the 20% down. The point is Krista, you got zero debt under what we're outlining here. As soon as you return from the honeymoon, you write checks and you've got a fully funded emergency fund and you make $150,000 a year, rent something very inexpensive and pile up a bunch of cash by fall or by the next spring. I don't care. It's not like you're going to be homeless. You're going to get a home. You make 150 grand. You just got married. Good lord. You're going to be okay. This you're is doing the square good. one. I you're doing f- good. Where you're getting where you're getting all your stress is you're having trouble making up your mind and you're having trouble uh, releasing what was your plan as a single and come instead developing a really cool plan as a married couple. Cuz you're still floating around back there and before you were getting married. Now you're getting married and that's a whole new deal. The bad news is you took on $20,000 worth of debt. The great news is you brought in an extra 70 $5,000 worth of income to work on this. So it's going to work out. You're going to be in really good shape. You're doing good. You're and doing there, good. There's so much data coming out, Dave, about married couples able being able to build wealth so much faster than singles, even than cohabitating couples. 7000 was the median net worth of a single person, 68000 for married couples, and only seventeen for cohabitating couples. Well, there is power when you come together and become one, truly in your marriage, and your finances. And so that's some encouragement to our friend Krista out there that you're about to get catapulted financially. George, you look like a millennial, millennial, but you sound like a boomer. I'm such an old person deep down, Dave. I know I look deep like inside. a 17-year-old. It's all that wisdom. And Gosh. Coming deep out of the soul. You're finally rubbing off on me. <laughs> that's what it is. I don't know. You still you're got shedding a pretty good your head. age you, onto me, and you're you, becoming younger. You got a pretty good head of hair. I haven't rubbed off on you yet, so... <laughs> Give it time. 30 years of radio later, I'll be bald, too. Uh, well, we got rid of the headsets. Maybe it won't wear the hole in your head. That's what headset. it was. Sure, that's blame what, the that's headsets. What caused it. That's what caused it. This 
is the Ramsey Shack. Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Our question of the day comes from our friends at blinds.com, a great American company. They have a satisfaction guarantee that's 100%, and that means even if you screw up, which I have done this, and you mismeasure or you pick the wrong color, oh, I definitely picked the wrong color, and they'll remake your window blinds for free. You get free samples, free shipping, and new promos they run every month. Always use the magic word to get the best deal. The promo code is RAMSEY. Today's question comes from Teresa in Oklahoma. She's asking, the term leverage has become a ubiquitous term I encounter when discussing anything financial in almost any setting, be it business or personal. The user drops leverage into the conversation with a smug and confident tone that makes one believe that only a buffoon wouldn't use the power of leverage. The implication is that through some modern and smart financial jujitsu, $1 gains the power of 10 with zero downside. Whenever I hear the term leverage, I act dumb and say something like, by leverage, do you mean take on debt? And then listen poker-faced as the spectrum of responses unfold. I used to find it entertaining. Now it's just kind of boring and sad. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on the current use of the term leverage in the financial sense. I once saw this as sort of a verbal curiosity and a fun game for me, but I now believe it's actually a quite evil use of the word. Thanks for all you do. Well, Teresa might be one of the most well-spoken blinds.com questions we've had. Just Amen. wonderful prose there, Amen. Teresa. Well, and she's on to something. Um, they're trying to say, I am sophisticated. I am an aristocrat. I use debt. The other one you'll hear thrown around, especially with the Tic Tac guys, is arbitrage. Oh, yes. Arbitrage. It's another. It's another. That sounds French and fancy. Another code word for, I'm about to get myself in debt. That's what that means exactly. Well, charcuterie so, is just uh, adult speak for Lunchables. And so <laughs> don't always believe the big words, people. Just because if it's a $10 word doesn't mean it's worth nothing. Yeah, she's onto something. And, and uh, typically what you find is that the people in, like she's talking about using the word leverage or arbitrage or something in conversation, actually heard it on Tic Tac. And they that makes them think they're funny or that they are know something or that they can throw this around as if they you know, as if they're on top of something, but it literally does mean debt. 
That's exactly what it means. There's, but it doesn't sound as cool when you say, well, you should take on a whole bunch of debt. Exactly. And so, but uh, basically, she's she's really identified that the, the person that is speaking this, in most cases, in most conversational cocktail settings around the family dinner table, I'm talking about leverage, generally that's Billy Bob who can't find his butt with both hands. And so, you know, that's, uh, so, th- I mean, She's on to something. This is just arrogance is what it is, and it is just simply taking on debt. And it is, a, uh, in, in that way, it, it is, you know, cloaking the fact that leverage has two sides. There's a great write-up by um, uh, uh, Warren Buffett on this, and uh, he talks about – he has a, always has a big paragraph or almost a page-long letter at the front of his annual report I've heard every year, these. and it, it's, always, it's always pithy and fun. And uh, right after 2008, he uh, talks about this whole thing of uh, leverage. Yeah. As anyone who has ever used leverage discovered in 2008, any number multiplied by zero will equal zero. And uh, it's really it's really pithy. It's, I mean, it's like it's like a comeback for where the type of people that Teresa is talking about here. But Teresa, you're exactly right. It is simply debt. And the idea that debt will lift something that you can't lift by yourself is leverage, a fulcrum. If you remember your, uh, you know, the seesaw, right? That's leverage, right? Uh, and, and so it's a physics term in that sense. But, but yeah, it's, um, it's always thrown around as if it doesn't have risk implications and as if the person uh, doing it is so much smarter and sophisticated than everyone who doesn't use that term. And so you're onto something. It's horse crap. Well, and it sounds so good on social media to the younger generations who are broke. They don't have money to invest into real estate or the stock market. And so the idea of leverage sounds so wonderful that I don't even need to have money and I can get all this real estate and have Airbnbs and be investing into single stocks. Well, it, technically, debt is leverage. It will lift things you can't lift by yourself. But it, the, the thing that is every is forever been left out of the discussion is is the risk that it entails Mm. so as you add this leverage you add risk and the more leverage you add the more you can lift and the more risk you have the more volatile your life is the more unstable everything is the more likely you're about to hit the wall and you know bust the car up like nascar throw the throw the engine up into the stands i mean it's like you're about to go put and that's i mean we were taught that I was taught this in finance class. I was taught this in real estate business. And that's how I went broke was I over leveraged, um, meaning I got my butt so far in debt. I couldn't breathe. That's what that means. And so, um, you know, and I don't have enough liquidity. Uh, there's another, there's another one you can throw around. Uh, you know, I, I don't believe in having a lot of liquidity, uh, which means you don't like cash, which means you're adding more risk to your life. It's, that's an illiquid investment. Like, what are you buying, water? I mean, why can't we just discuss this? But, you know, we have to throw around $42 words to act like we're, not, we're doing something. And around Ramsey, we know what all that means. We don't do it. We keep the cookies on a shelf where everybody can reach them, and everybody That's understands right. that stupid is stupid. You don't need an MBA for this. Nope. We'll help you get there. I got a Ph.D. in D-U-M-B. That's all you uh, need. Sign me up. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Geo's with us in Orlando. Hi, Geo. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Good afternoon. How you doing? Great. How can we help? So I have a question. I'm 23 years old, and I live with my parents, and I'm 
and I'm kind of on the fence if I should move out or should I stay here with my parents. What do you make? What's your income? Um, I make 30000 a year. I'm just, well, actually, I just started working with HP1 at Medicare for about three months now. So it'll be 30000 a year. Um, I have no, nothing in my savings, nothing in my bank account. I'm starting from fresh. HP1. You say, are you selling insurance? No, sir. I'm basically a CSR agent. So I'm, um, I'm in, enrolling um, prospects. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I mean, Orlando at $30,000 a year, I want you to get out as soon as you can get out for your sake because you will have a higher quality life. Your development uh, into adulthood emotionally will be faster when you pay your own light bill and you clean your own laundry and you buy your own eggs for the refrigerator, right? And uh, but thirty thousand is pretty tight, so I might hang a couple. I mean, let's let's develop a plan that by May you move out or something like that. And during that time, let's try to get your income up. And during that time, let's see what uh what we can do to to you know to make sure that when you move out, you maybe with a roommate, you create a budget situation where you can afford the apartment or afford the little house or whatever that you're renting. But um, uh, but in general, the faster. You can move out of the house in your early 20s. The better it's going to be for you 10 years from now. And Gio, I'll give you some homework to do here. Start to research the areas around you, the apartments, what is out there, what's the price, and I would definitely get roommates. Uh, I had roommates just about up until I was married. So unless you're making crazy money and you want to get your own place and it makes sense where it's not more than a quarter of your take-home pay, for example, then you need to get a roommate and uh, you might need to get that income up beforehand. You might need to have some money in the bank for initial deposits with wherever you're renting. And so you have a little bit of groundwork to do, but you're close, man. Right, right, exactly. And um, I I have been doing some research and I see a great apartment around this area. Uh, it's for about 900 bucks for one bedroom and 1200 for a two bedroom. There you go. I was thinking, of, so I was thinking about um, getting the one bedroom myself, but I was speaking to my brother about getting us the two bedroom. Um, but I'm kind of on the sense of living on my own because I've been living with him for so long. So I just want to be on my own right now, but I don't have a vehicle. So should I purchase a vehicle first? Yes, you need to buy a vehicle and you need to pay cash for it. That's A1. Absolutely, and that'll get you in a position to do that. This is The Ramsey Show. If current times have shown us anything, it's that the least expected events can and will happen, and we have to deal with it. That's why everyone who has a family counting on them needs term life insurance. For over 25 years, the only insurance company I've recommended is Xander Insurance. Not only because they search all of the top term life plans to find you the best rates, but over the years, they have constantly changed and updated their systems to make the whole process simpler and easier to get the protection needed. 
You can now apply with a completely touchless experience with everything being done either over the phone or the internet. They also have plans with super competitive rates that don't require an exam, allowing you to skip a step and get the coverage you need faster. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Great rates and a simple process mean there's no excuse to not get this done, people. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. He is the uh, host of the podcast on the Ramsey Networks called The Fine Print. You can be sure and check him out there. So one of our favorite things to do is debt-free screams. One of our super favorite things to do is debt-free screams on the debt-free stage live here in the Ramsey lobby. And our most favorite thing is when it's one of our team members doing their debt-free scream on the Ramsey stage here in the lobby. Dalton and uh ashley are with us dalton is a software engineer with us so welcome guys congratulations thank you hey thank you now we have to get this out of the way you have um <laughs> you have the, the world's best possible mustache for those of you watching on youtube and that's mm-hmm. actually real that's high praise it too and um and uh so your co-workers who apparently adore you enough to make unbelievable fun of you they there are 60 of them standing around with fake mustaches on to match up and man and woman i might add yeah and some of you, <laughs> and i'm just saying some of you women that's disturbing <laughs> it's just I, I was like what is going on in my lobby oh, it's uncomfortable wow. to say the least yeah it's it's a little awkward so we're just going to put that aside and now we're going to deal with your success thank god all right so <laughs> all right how long you been with us uh, just over three years. Okay. And how much debt have you guys paid off? 120. Mm-hmm. And how long did this take? 35 months. Oh, about the time you got here. Yep. All right. And so, Ashley, welcome. Good to have you. I'm not going to ask your incomes because we don't do that for the team members since all these mustaches, I mean, team members are standing around. Uh, but wow. What kind of debt was the 120000 Primarily student loans and a little medical bill. Okay. All right. Cool. So, uh, did you just start this because you came to work here or tell us the story? Yeah, that, uh, kind of leading up to this, I had kind of grew up a Ramsey kid, I guess you could say, uh, my dad who's sitting right here, him and my mom, uh, were working their baby step plan. So growing up as a kid, I remember riding in the car, listening to your show, wondering why are they listening to this crazy guy named Dave? What's this finance stuff they're doing? Um, And then fast forward to us getting married, my dad said, hey, I'm going to give you a wedding gift, but the conditions of getting that gift is you have to go through FPU. Whoa, go dad. uh, So we went through (laughs) FPU in 2018, uh, wrapped that up, and then we kind of hit this crossroads in our journey where we were thinking, you know, do we stay where we were at or do we maybe make a leap of faith um, and go work for Dave? And I mean, here we are now. Like it's yeah. it's just kind of hitting me right now. I'm like, holy cow, this is actually happening. Yeah, so, three years you've yeah. been here, and three years you've been working on this. How long have you been married? Three years? Five years. Five, Five years. years. You said okay. So where did you move from? Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. All right. So you your dad gives you FPU. You abandon your family and come to the come to work for the cult, and uh, yeah, and move to the south, yeah. further south than Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, then you guys just turn it on. So, Ashley, uh, you, it sounds like you kind of got sucked into all of this. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't actually know much about you or financial peace. And in fact, I was a little hesitant when he brought that to the table when we were first married. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had an assumption that that's not something that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That it's not possible for someone like us mm-hmm. um, making not making you know six figures all of these things, mm-hmm. um, and he just encouraged me to try oh. to like let's just see what happens. And I think by lesson two, which was really overwhelming, and I remember us sitting at the kitchen table, me crying because I was so overwhelmed with our financial situation, thinking what could it hurt. Mm. to at least try and by lesson three four i was sold and i was ready to do this and a lot of it was because of him and his encouragement Mm. Mm -hmm. way to go dalton well done man good work she's being a little nice i think (laughs) it sounded like she's making you look like an ace right now so just take it i think she gets big wife points today yeah well done (laughs) so tell us tell us about the journey what was the process like to actually do this stuff and go all right we got to find a bunch of money to throw this debt immediately yeah that's a great question so thinking of primarily our debt being student loans and just encouraging people out there um, to hear just a crazy situation. At one point, our minimum payments for student loans were going to be almost three grand a month because Sally Mae can do whatever the heck she wants. She's a nasty Um, old woman. Oh, she's Mm. terrible. Um, So we were staring at that number before we had made the move here. um, And we were terrified. We didn't know like, God, how are you going to do this? What's this going to take? So we just took small steps. Let's try and refinance some of those loans, which we did. Um, let's maybe put some of these on deferment just so we can kind of start treading water to get a, an idea of where we were at, kind of get bearings. And then we made the move here. And once we both knew our incomes were going to be steady, Ashley was a trooper and found random odd jobs. But once she got uh, consistent work, it was, it was game on. And so we started thinking, okay, maybe we'll throw an extra thousand this month. Maybe we'll throw an extra 2000 and it just kept going to where we were making like serious wax at this massive tree we're trying to knock down and it's finally down. And wow. God, God gets all the glory for that because we literally, we were those people that were like, that can't be us. There's yeah. no way this is going to happen. And here we are now. And so encouraging people out there, like we know that feeling that you had uh, starting this journey or being in the midst of it. Um, it's all worth it and you can do it. Mm. And uh, I got to say, we played a small part. The Camel family, Whitney and I, played a very small part in your debt-free journey. Would you tell the people what happened there? Yeah, so <laughs> this is very fun. So Ashley, very much lover of French Bulldogs. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, we, knew, <laughs> we knew in the They're midst of our journey, we were not going to be able to buy a dog that expensive. because That just costs more it. than a car. Yeah, literally. Yes. Uh, it was definitely worth more than my car at the time. Uh, so we... Um, we just started planting seeds around here and George and I got connected and he was like, Hey, would you guys ever want to like dog sit sometime? And sure enough, we've done that a handful of times for George and Whitney. So call that a side hustle and maybe delayed gratification because we didn't own the dog, but we got the puppy love too, which was fun. That's man. That is the best end of that deal for sure. (laughs) And you got, yeah, you got paid and you got to give them back. Yeah. Yep. So George, how you, you feel you about grandkids? It's exactly. Right. I love it. Well, I've got to watch your journey, and it's been inspiring for for me and for so many other team members. 
uh, to show yeah. that, hey, if you actually do this stuff, it works. And we love to live out the things that we teach. And you guys are such great shining examples of that. We're so proud of you. He's got the Walk the Talk t-shirt on. About yep. two years ago, we started taking the making sure the whole company, everybody working here, is not hypocrites. Right. Like we're telling everybody we do this stuff, you guys need to be doing it. Yep. And so Walk the Talk became a whole company-wide movement to make sure everybody went through financial peace university everybody was walking the talk and doing the stuff we teach and that kind of a thing so that we're not walking around you know again hypocritical all in our own community here that would be horrible and so you that was perfect timing for you guys because you were right in the thick of it yep. mm-hmm. yeah yeah very cool very cool all right and so there's one other thing we got to work in here right quick there's the believe sign over here so word is you're like a uh, big ted lasso fan is that right yeah i call that maybe why that's i i have the mustache ashley gets credit for even saying like hey you should just just try it she used my words against me and was like just try to grow one see what happens and yep. here wow. we are now oh, <laughs> there we go okay so oh that's where it all comes from oh now i'm catching up. Oh, i wow. thought it was more of like yeah. a top gun thing but ted lasso makes more sense <laughs> for you no. that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's fair <laughs> very very good guys hey of course we've got the uh live and give bundle for you that everyone gets that does a debt-free scream you've already got all that stuff but you can give it away the total money makeover book the millionaire the uh, baby steps millionaires book and of course a one-year membership to financial peace university way to go you Mm. two we're proud of you Mm. very very well done all right it's dalton and ashley software engineer here uh, working on the ramsey trusted team for three years and uh oddly enough 35 months is the exact time it took to pay off 120 thousand dollars count it down let's hear a debt-free scream three two one we're debt free <laughs> <laughs> That'll put some pep in your step right there. Man. America is running on that right there. I'm telling that you. That adrenaline. <laughs> what a very, beautiful couple. Very, very well done, guys. And it's all due to French Bulldog sitting. I can't Who take knew? all the credit. Who knew that was the breakthrough moment? This is The Ramsey Show. is my co-host today you hear a lot of myths and outright lies about income taxes like all tax software is the same no it's not or you're in good hands with any expert who sets up shop during tax season you really don't even have to do anything you don't even have to know about taxes you can just decide you do it's crazy there's no regulation on this probably the worst is getting a big refund every year is a good thing well that's awful of course not It's time to stop falling for these lies. You're smarter than this. You can arm yourself with the truth when you check out tax resources on our website. They're free. They're easy to follow. And they'll actually help you feel good about doing your taxes this year, or at least as good as you can feel about it. Our free resources walk you through what you need to know about taxes. You'll learn how to get organized. You'll learn the truth about things like refunds and how to stop giving drunk uncle steve 
an, an interest-free loan. That's what a guy called it yesterday. Drunk Uncle Steve is the I like IRS. That. You don't want to loan Uncle Sam or his brother, Drunk Uncle Steve, uh, money all year and then get it back interest-free. That's what a refund is. And you'll figure out how to choose the right tax software or a Ramsey Trusted Pro who will help you do this. So how do you do all this? We'll help you. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash tax tax. There you'll see our free resources and the tax services we trust that are Ramsey trusted. RamseySolutions.com slash tax. Rachel is in Washington, D.C. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Oh, thank you. It's it's very much an honor. Um, I'll try to keep it brief. My husband is 72. And by the way, George, I'm bringing a lunchable board with me on Christmas Day. I was supposed to bring a charcuterie board, but I've yes. learned the new name. So They'll never know the that. difference. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, anyways, my husband's 72. I just got, took his first RMD this year. I'm 57. Um, we have two kids in the university right now. Um, and here's my dilemma. You were on a call yesterday with a gal who thought her her husband felt the cash was just a mirage or you thought it was a mirage and I'm kind of in that similar situation that we were debt free eight years ago and then we stupidly did the dumb stupid thing we bought a beach house in 2020 we have since paid off more than half of it it was about 650000 and we have about three ninety left and I was thinking should I just take our cash which I've been holding on to um, and I can pay off um, another three hundred, but leave maybe about fifty thousand in cash. Um, you know, it, it, but it's making four percent. That's my main question because with that gal that called yesterday, I think you were adamant that they pay it off because it's only making one percent sitting in a. In no, a, I wasn't paying it off. I, I wasn't adamant because it's only making one percent. That just made it even worse. I gotcha. Um, but here's the thing: a beach house is a toy, and if you can't pay cash for a toy, you shouldn't buy a toy. So pay it off. Just pay it off. ASAP. Don't worry so about the... You've got okay. other money. What is in your nest egg? How much is in your retirement accounts? Um, in our retirement, just total, our total net worth is like five and a half, but... It, five and a half million. Yes. Okay. So 390000 bucks is nothing. But that includes real estate. I'm sorry, Dave. That's okay. That, but $390,000 <laughs> is still nothing. You got, you got, you have an emergency fund in addition to the money in the $300,000 Vanguard account? The three fifty. Um, I, no, I do not. Okay. Well, you need a you need a good emergency fund. If you want to call that fifty thousand, like you did a few minutes ago, that's fine. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. do that. And so throw three hundred at it. Now, how quick can we pay the ninety off? Do you have any other cash laying around? Um, we 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 well yes and no. Some you know we have our five two nines. We get cash flow flow the kids. Um, that's that's that's, that's college. Working. We're not messing with that. We're not messing with retirement. We're not messing with college. But do you have gotcha. any other just miscellaneous cash laying around? Um, or an investment account of some kind, yeah, a little brokerage account. account. Mm-hmm, yeah. How it's much? Like that, that's small. It's like 60. The rest is all in IRAs and 401ks and things of that nature. What's your household income? Um, about 400 combined. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what I would do, and you guys may not be up for this. You may want to do it a little slower than that, is um, I would take the 60 and the 350, and I would pay the house off today. That's going to leave you about twenty thousand bucks laying around, but with a four hundred thousand dollars income, you can rebuild an emergency fund of fifty in just a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And, and you free you up the it. payment on that vacation home as well, which is only going to catapult you guys even faster into this process. Yeah, 
Right, because the rentals, were, we only rented eight weeks out of the year, and even that rental income is like about 45 Okay, yeah. uh, so we'll be getting that later in the year as well. You didn't buy this for a rental. You bought it because you wanted a beach house. <laughs> yes and no. I looked at it. Actually, I looked at it, Dave, honestly, as a long-term, like another form of... Oh, it, it's know, a long-term but, capital gain. It'll do well that way as an investment, but you didn't buy it for the rental income. Beach house rental income is a pain in the butt. And it's usually mm-hmm. it's ninety nine percent of the time rationalization justification for buying something I just wanted, so yeah, it's just it's it's not it's not ugh, it just drives you crazy because mm. it's the place where you stay you got renters in most of the time it's just bad, so yeah I and pay it off pay it off or, or sell it but pay it off and it's what I would do and that leave you let's see that leave you twenty thousand bucks I was right you have twenty thousand bucks left over and. Uh, then you make 400 and so you put another 20,000 in, another 20,000 in, and you'll have 60 in three months or two months, something like that, and you'll have your emergency fund. And uh, then if you're going to buy toys, it's fine. You're worth $5.5 million. Pay cash for them. Um, he has retirement accounts at 72 that you can access without any penalty. If you want to go buy another something for $300,000, that's fine. You can afford it. But just take the money out of the retirement account and go do it. Uh, but I'm not going to take it out to pay it off in this case. You've got the money. You're just just kind of cleaning up, sweeping the dust out of the corners here. Mm. Well, Dave, this is a, a question. The heart of it is one we get a lot, especially now where interest rates are up on savings accounts. And people go, well, Dave, why would I pay off my low interest debt when I can make 4% on my emergency fund? Why would I throw savings? And there, there's a principle underneath it of when you just look at interest rates versus freedom and sleeping better and not having that monthly payment. They're not factoring those pieces of the equation into it. It's just, well, I can make 5% here and my interest is 3% on the debt. Why would I do this? It, what do you say to Because that's not, that's not the only equation. That's a very naive equation. Uh, there's more to the equation than that. There's the, uh, the stress and the weight that the debt represents. If it's not a lot of debt, it's not a lot of stress or weight, but it's there. The borrower is slave to the lender. There is risk involved that when you don't have debt, and if it's not a lot of debt, there's not a lot of risk. But this idea that you're just simply comparing these two interest rates and that that's the proper mathematical analysis of this is very naive because you've left out the the toll on your relationship. You've le- you know, the weird thing is somebody worth $5.5 million, I'm not saying she would necessarily do this personally, but here's an example. Okay. Um, I do not have any of our uh, second homes that we rent. They're not owned by you. I own, I own a couple of, I own a lake house, I own another house other than the one I live in. Okay. And I don't rent any of them ever. You don't have to fool with it. I don't need to. And here's what's weird. Five and a half million dollar net worth. They don't have to rent that. But the reason they're doing it is because they got dead gum payment. And they're trying to figure out a way that this makes sense mathematically. Well, it's easier to justify <laughs> when there's revenue. Like this payment is driving these decisions. And if you don't have any payments, Lake House can just sit there. It's okay. It's a, it's, it's a toy. It's a small percentage of my net worth. Hers is a small percentage of her net worth. And it can just sit there. It's a toy. And I don't have to rent it to somehow feel like I'm not being wasteful or feel like because the the stinking debt starts driving you to do stupid stuff you wouldn't do otherwise Mm. like put renters in your very nice beach house you know um you don't need to 
And, you know, if you need to, it's because you got payments, because you did some kind of mathematical thing, and you left out the fact then that you got to screw with all this stuff, and stuff gets torn up. And where is the cost on your time and on your emotions? Mm. Where's the cost on a piece of furniture or a, a family item that you left in there and forgot to lock up before the Airbnb dupers came in there and, and tore, tore up something, you know? No, thank you. No, thank you. All that means is you can't afford it. Mm. That's all that means. And there's more cost involved than a simple, naive formula of, well, interest rates are, oh, shut up. It's not about, it's, it, it, there's more to this in life than that. There's more stress involved. There's the physical toll. There's making bad decisions because you're trying to justify something mathematically. There's all this stuff involved. Mm. Not worth it. This is The Ramsey Show. Do you love a good Dave rant? Want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from the Ramsey Show on YouTube. Go watch and subscribe to the Ramsey Show channel on YouTube. Hey, it's James, producer of the Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.